What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope your day is off to a fantastic start. As you can imagine, there is a ton continuing to happen in the world of pro wrestling, and we are continuing to do our best to keep you updated on all that's happening. So certainly make sure you're following us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for those of you who already are and who regularly engage Thank you so much. These things mean the world to us. Shout out to all of you who are also subscribed to our podcast and you get the updates as soon as the podcast drops. Thank you so much. These things mean the world. Would you do me a favor? Leave us a comment on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, or wherever it is that you're listening. Rate us and leave a comment. Those things make a massive difference in terms of allowing other people just like you to be able to hear and enjoy what we are doing. We certainly want us to be recommended to many more spaces, so by all means, be kind and considerate and leave that good review and rating for us wherever it is you're listening to us today. If you're brand new, welcome to The Faction. It's great to have you with us. We're going to have quite the time talking about pro wrestling. So let's start here. There are two big stories I want to share with you. Firstly, I want to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. So it is going to contain some spoilers. If you are not wanting to hear spoilers because you've not watched Raw, go ahead and press pause on this podcast and then come back to it after you have finished. If you're not concerned or you've already watched Raw, then so be it. So I don't necessarily want to go through match by match. I do want to grab some highlights for us and just talk about continuity, what's making sense, what isn't, etc., etc. The first thing that jumped out at me about Monday Night Raw was the overwhelming amount of tag team matches that happened on Monday Night Raw and it was just highly unusual tag team matches and I you know I don't know if there was a memo that went out that I missed that this was tag team night on Monday Night Raw but it was just unusual four of the six matches on Monday Night Raw last night were tag team matches and none of them involved people who normally team up so let me give you an example so the first tag match we saw last night saw the Miz and Champa team up to battle AJ Styles and Elias now talk about random originally I thought that was supposed to be AJ Styles against Champa then during the show they mentioned it was supposed to be a handicap match with Miz and Champa against AJ Styles and then this suddenly turned into a tag team match maybe Teddy Long was sitting somewhere serving as the guest general manager and we never saw it playing the role of John Cena because you can't see me right so the Miz Champa AJ Styles Ezekiel that would be okay if it then wasn't followed by another tag team match Alexa Bliss and Asuka against Dewdrop and Nikki Ash so they've been talking about Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. as a tag team they've been doing some work together but Alexa Bliss and Asuka again not a normal tag team, two women who are trying to position themselves in the Raw women's title picture, and the way this match was talked about, it was talked about as though all four of these women could position themselves better for the Raw Women's Championship by, of course, 
winning a tag team match. How much sense does that make, guys? Not a whole lot, not much. Then what's supposed to be a singles match between Jimmy Uso and Angelo Dawkins somehow morphs into a six-man tag with the Usos and Omos defeating the Street Profits and R-Truth. Talk about random. At what point does R-Truth and the Street Profits actually relate to each other or the Usos and Omos very very weird and then of course the main event was a tag team match Bobby Lashley and Riddle against Seth Rollins and Theory a night of random tag team matches I don't know if this is to protect people because you know folks are injured I don't know if enough folks didn't show up to work I don't know if this was an attempt to try to get more people television time so let's do it by having a number of tag team matches but it felt weird it felt inauthentic and when you consider the fact that you have the undisputed tag champs preparing to fight in a singles match only to have that turned into a six-man tag with six random people I, I just I don't understand what's happening two weeks before SummerSlam now Certainly the things that I understood and made sense. And really, let's go back because tag teams were also involved in the opening segment with Brock Lesnar, where all of a sudden the Alpha Academy ends up trying to come out to do the dirty work of theory by attacking Brock Lesnar. And of course, Brock Lesnar decimates both of them. And it just made me think, Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It was at the top of the year where Alpha Academy won the Raw Tag Team Championships from RK-Bro. And here they are six months later, now doing the dirty work for Theory, Mr. Money in the Bank. Things have really changed. And before that, they were doing the dirty work for Kevin Owens, as Kevin Owens was trying to figure out, is Ezekiel Elias or Naw? Weird times in terms of the stories that are being told in WWE right now. And it's kind of weird because, again, SummerSlam is two weeks away. We only know of a handful of matches that are happening. Of course, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns were being told it's the last time ever in a last man standing match. And again, let me just say this. The weird nature of them already kind of putting the cart before the horse. It's almost as though we're now being forced to look past this match to see will Theory cash in. And again, Michael Cole first mentioned this theory, not to be confused with Austin Theory, mentioned this theory or this idea before Money in the Bank even happened. And so I don't know why they are drawing that as the line as the storyline to look at when we should be paying attention to this wrestlemania rematch that's happening for the last time when we should be paying attention to bobby lashley as the u.s champion defending against theory will theory in one night become u.s champion and universal champion i don't know right but i think the storytelling that's happening right now could be a lot better and quite frankly maybe this disarray 
is a result of who's in charge of creative right now. The embroiled Vince McMahon, who has controversy on top of controversy on top of controversy facing him. It's got to be hard to think clearly about creative, and maybe that's why the creative in WWE right now looks the way that it does. Two weeks before SummerSlam, not much is very clear and not much is making sense. Let's also look at this because I don't know that I really noticed this until right now. Four of the six matches, again, were tag matches on Raw, but the idea that we had three hours of programming and six matches. Hmm. We had our fair share of interview segments. Hmm, this doesn't feel like a very good Monday Night Raw. You've got three hours and you give us six matches. I know usually NXT gives us six matches at least in two hours time. And some of them are a lot more heavy quality. I I, I don't know. I don't know. But just watching this. Uh, uh. So let's get to these vignettes, which obviously there's a part of me that would love for it to be Bray Wyatt it is certainly in a Bray Wyatt style it seems as though all of the random clues that are being given to us are pointing to Edge the first video having of course elements of the Hardys having elements of the Dudleys having elements of Kurt Angle having elements of Eddie Guerrero you know so we might have to accept the fact that it's probably Edge but again there's a part of me that feels kind of weird with you know it's like the whole internet community can piece this thing together and the commentators just you know are kind of like who is this this doesn't make any sense I don't understand this so I don't know I don't know if this is leading to you know an edge reveal maybe at SummerSlam post SummerSlam uh, edge is going to need some help in fighting the judgment day I don't know who that help looks like but with that said speaking of the judgment day Finn Balor being part of Judgment Day, we've not really even had this conversation, but Finn Balor turning to the dark side with seemingly no rhyme or reason, no heads up, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But we will see, with all of that said though, I do think we got a great match with Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor, that was pretty awesome. And I also think that this will lead to Dominic Mysterio heading to the Judgment Day. He needs to break away from his dad, he needs to become his own man, and he won't be viewed as his own man until he breaks away somehow from his father. This could be the way to do that. So that's a look at Monday Night Raw. Very interesting show to say the least. What did you think of Monday Night Raw? Let us know on the socials at the Faction Show. When we come back, very interesting news surrounding the Impact Knockouts World Champion. Twitter got her in trouble, but Instagram may have saved her. We'll talk about that when we come back. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Pagan here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh, my God. Give me Omega. Oh, man. Over you. Oh. Through the windshield, and, and it's over. It. Ring the bell. He put him through the windshield. 
and hold your forks because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor. And now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been there is a you, there will always be S-H-W. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, so Twitter is a very interesting place, as you guys know. If you're following the socials, it seems as though most of the real things that happen in the world of wrestling happen either on Twitter or on Instagram. Not so much on Facebook, very rarely on TikTok. But if you hang out on Twitter or Instagram, you're going to see and or hear some very intriguing things in the world of wrestling. And Twitter has given space for a lot of people to say a lot of things. And sometimes those things are good and sometimes those things are bad. So with that said, the current Impact Knockouts champion is Jordan Grace, who recently won that championship at Slammiversary as part of the first ever Queen of the Mountain match. Well, she hopped onto Twitter the other day and seemingly unsolicited, she decided to make a take on something that, well, 
Let's just read what she said. Here's what she said. She said, quote, this is going to be the coldest take I ever tweet on this app. I already know y'all are going to be mad. I don't think Chris Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present day best wrestlers. He would not be able to remember matches. Also, may he burn in hell. Amen. Then she had a follow-up tweet that says, quote, proving a point, I said something very lightly critical about him. People jumped to defend him. He should never be defended. Dude lost that right when he gave his seven-year-old Xanax and strangled him while he was already unconscious. As you can imagine, those series of tweets didn't go over well at all. Pro wrestling legend Conan had a lot to say on his podcast titled Keeping It 100. And I'll tell you some of what he said. Some of what he said is this, quote, I can't believe that she would publicly come out and make a blank of herself like that. But that ain't the first time she's had stupid takes. And, you know, with age comes wisdom. You'll get here soon enough. Conan said a few other things about Chris Benoit, et cetera, et cetera. And so. Very interesting take coming from Jordan Grace. So that news happened over the weekend. And then on Instagram, things got interesting. When Chris Benoit's son, David Benoit, who is on Instagram pretty regularly, went live. When he went live, suddenly he's joined by Jordan Grace. So this gets very interesting. And people obviously tuned in to try to see what in the world would be happening between these two since we had not seen or heard from David Benoit in the process. Well, they went on to tell us a couple of things. First of all, that David and Jordan Grace have talked. And then Jordan went on to apologize and she released this statement. She said, quote, last week I made an irresponsible and unnecessary tweet. Regardless of how my personal emotions influence my opinion, I should have recognized the impact my words would have on friends and family close to the situation. I was completely thoughtless in that regard. Since reflecting this past week, I've reached out privately to friends and family that I angered or hurt. Among those was David Benoit, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Jericho, who are supporting me in the decision to partner and fundraise with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, formerly the Sports Legacy Institute. I have pledged $5,000 with the overall campaign goal being $20,000. I'm acutely aware that the damage has been done. I would never intentionally add on to the suffering of those already dealing with such a traumatic event. And I am sorry for my insensitivity and aggravating this already delicate topic. This is my way of attempting to squeeze something positive out of the negative situation I created. Thank you in advance to everyone who donates. In addition, on that Instagram live, she mentioned that her husband, Jonathan Gresham, thought it would be a nice idea to offer a spot to David Benoit to wrestle on an upcoming Terminus event in October, to which he said, hey, send me the details. That'll be kind of cool, et cetera, et cetera. So here are my thoughts. First and foremost, I think it was absolutely irresponsible for Jordan Grace to tweet what she tweeted. She did that on the anniversary of Chris Benoit's death and the death of Nancy Benoit and Daniel Benoit. So definitely insensitive, for sure. 
With that said, I want to applaud Jordan Grace for recognizing the error in her ways and for apologizing for something like this. One of the things that I don't know that the internet wrestling community does well, or people in general in this society and environment, is give space for redemption, hence the institution of cancel culture. One of the reasons people like cancel culture is they think that, A, it's going to cause people to actually pay for their sins, for whatever that might be, and the way that they think that should be done is by preventing them from making a living. I'm a believer, not so much in cancel culture, but there needs to be a path to redemption, Should people be held accountable for the things that they've done? Absolutely. But should there also be a path to redemption? Absolutely. After all, when you or I make a mistake, we want someone to show us grace. We want someone to show us mercy, kindness, and give us an opportunity to become better. I am grateful that Jordan Grace took it upon herself to have necessary conversations with people in private about what happened. I'm glad that she was sensitive enough to say, hey, I made a boo-boo, I made a massive mistake, I am sorry. And then in an attempt to make things right, decided to create a fundraiser for the Concussion Legacy Foundation, which is formerly known as the Sports Legacy Institute. And here's one reason why that's important. That organization was founded shortly after the death of Chris Benoit to really begin to investigate could something have led to Benoit's behavior and they would then find out that CTE was a major part of it. CTE, of course, being a disease caused by concussions. That has in turn caused the entire sport to change their position on concussions and where before you were given a badge of honor for wrestling with a concussion now if there's a remote idea or chance that you would have a concussion you are not medically cleared to wrestle and that is important now i know that the subject of chris benoit is very controversial it is very delicate it is very nuanced for understandable reasons and so i think it is important that we approach that delicately and properly. Now, I'm not here to tell you what your thoughts on Chris Benoit should be. His in-ring career is one thing. What he did outside of the ring is another. And all I will simply say is this. I am grateful that Jordan Grace made an apology. I equally see that while it is highly unfortunate, the passing of Chris Benoit's family and Chris Benoit, the one plus to come out of this, in my opinion, is that it caused the industry to look at concussions and make it obviously a safer place for the rest of the wrestling business. I think Chris Benoit will forever be an issue of controversy in the world of wrestling. There's no doubt about that. And I'm not saying that that isn't warranted. I am saying, though, with the delicate nature of it, it's what made Jordan Grace's comments even more irresponsible. But now is the opportunity that we give her for redemption She has asked for forgiveness. She has apologized. Let's let it be. And again, part of the reason why this story is important to me is because she was willing to apologize. And we now have the opportunity to show Jordan some grace. With that said, tonight you've got NXT going down. Should be a pretty interesting show. Of course, we also have the NWA. We've got this week 
AEW getting ready for Fighter Fest. We also have, of course, NXT UK, SmackDown, and we are on the road to SummerSlam. So we want to hear your thoughts. Hit us up at The Faction Show. And don't forget, join us tonight on Twitch for WWT Live, where we'll be talking about more news. And I've got a really special exclusive story that I'll be sharing tonight, talking about the speaking out movement, what happens when the speaking out movement goes left or goes wrong. We'll talk about all of that tonight on WWT Live exclusively on Twitch beginning 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my pain.